Welcome. We are glad that you have chosen to join us today as Pastor Tim shares part one of his message from 1 John 5, 11 through 13. How to be saved and know that you know. Here's Pastor Tim. Thank you very much. You can have a seat. If you have your Bible today, I hope that you do. I hope that you'll take it. Turn with me to 1 John chapter number 5. All this week, we have been talking to the children about the gospel, explaining to them what that means, because I want them to know. I want them to know the gospel. I want them to receive the gospel. I want them to know that they know that they belong to the Lord. Now, let me mention this right here at the very beginning. We, as churches, have begun to use the word gospel in ways that it never really was intended. We find ourselves attaching the word gospel to almost anything that we want the church to do, and because it has the word gospel, then we know that the church is never going to balk at that, even if it's not something that we ought to be involved in, and even if it doesn't have anything technically to do with the gospel. I want to share with you this morning a passage of Scripture before we even get into 1 John, that what the gospel really is. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel. If there's anybody who knows what the gospel is, it ought to be the apostle Paul. He says, My brethren, moreover, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which you are saved. You know, we've gotten to a point where we don't like the word saved. It's a Bible word, isn't it? We need it to have just as much impact and just as much power as the gospel. A person is saved according to the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul is talking about in these verses. In fact, in verses 3 and 4, he gives us the definition of the gospel. Listen to what he says. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I myself also received. And in my Bible, I've numbered these. One, two, three. Here they are. Number one, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures... Two, and that he was buried. And three, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. That's the gospel. The gospel is good news. The gospel is the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ. Nothing added to it. Nothing taken away from it. And it is that gospel which transforms people's lives. It is that gospel by which then I know that I know that I can belong to the Lord. If we were to do a man on the street interview and simply go out here outside somewhere, begin to ask people maybe in the park, are you saved? First of all, they may begin to question that and ask, what what do you mean? What am I saved from? Am I in some kind of danger? Absolutely not knowing how that word is used in the scriptures. So we may try to clarify it and say, do you know for sure that if you died today that you'd go to heaven? Do you know for sure that you are a genuine Christian? 
I haven't done those little man-on-the-street kind of interviews, but I've talked to enough people over the years and asked them those very same questions one-on-one that I know pretty well what the answer is going to be. People are going to say things like, well, I hope so. I mean, I think so. (laughs) I mean, I'm trying to do the best I can, so I, I hope when I die, I hope that I'm going to go to heaven. I want you to know that you don't have to think so or hope so. I want you to know today that you can know so. I understand there are a group of people, even those in some churches, that will say, Tim, you're wrong. You can't, you can't know. You can't know for sure. Really? Well, listen, don't take my word for it. You're in 1 John chapter 5, right? We're going to back up a few verses in just a moment, but start with me in verse 13. Look at what he says. John says, these things I have written to you. In other words, this is why I have written this entire book. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may, what's the word? Know. That you may know that you have eternal life. I want you to have eternal life. I want you to know that you have eternal life. So today, I want to share with you out of this passage two great offers that God makes for you. Number one is this. God offers you the gift of salvation. God offers you the gift of salvation. I told you we'd back up a couple of verses, so go back with me to verse number 11. In verse number 11, John says, and this is the testimony. In other words, this is the truth. This is something that I want you to hear and I want you to know. This is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. Eternal life is not something that you earn. Eternal life is not something that you deserve. In fact, our children this very week in their missions class learned a verse, Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, a verse that you may know yourself. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. Well, the wage is what you earn, right? I mean, everybody wants to get a job that earns a better wage. Well, the wage is what you earn for what you do. In that case, according to that verse, what I do is sin, what I earn is death. Separation from God for forever. That's the best that I could ever hope to earn. Even on my very best day, I still deserve to be separated from God. But God, but God sees things so much differently and desires better for you and desires better for me. So much so that that verse that they learned says this, but the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, the gift of God, a gift is not something you earn. A gift is not something that you simply deserve. You don't, you're not given a gift because you've done something wonderful. You're given a gift because somebody loves you. In this case, it's God. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's a gift. It is a gift. And I want you to see that in these verses. 
In fact, in these verses, there are four different matters of salvation that I want to discuss with you today. So how do you really know what salvation really is? How do you know exactly what it looks like? Let me give you these four four words. Number one, salvation is a matter of belief. Salvation is a matter of belief. If it's not something that I do, if it's not something that I earn, it's simply something that I believe. Let me show you what I mean. There in verse number 11, right where we left off, he says, God has given us eternal life. And he says, and this life is in his son. Eternal life is not in doing. Eternal life is not in your place in life. Eternal life is in his son. And I need to have him. And I need to know him. That's why when we get down there to verse number 13 that we read, when he says, these things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. It's about belief. Now, belief is more than simple head knowledge. It's more than agreement. Okay, I believe that Jesus existed. Okay, I believe that Jesus died on a cross. Okay, I believe that those things happened. It's more than simply asking for you to agree with God. It is asking you to trust God. The belief that the Bible talks about is a belief of faith, a belief of trust, a belief of confidence in who God is and in what God has done. If your translation's like mine, all of chapter 5, I've got kind of on one page here. So if you look over to verse number 1 of this same chapter, Notice how that verse begins. Whoever, by the way, that's you. (laughs) That's you, that's anybody, that's everybody. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. How do you know that you're his? Because I believe. Because I trust him, I place my trust in him. Listen, if you think through these verses that you may know in Ephesians chapter 2, Verses 8 and 9, the Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So we are saved by grace through faith. I heard Adrian Rogers one time say that it is God's hand of grace that reaches down to you. It is your hand of faith that reaches up to say, God, forgive me. God, save me. And when your hand of faith is placed in his hand of grace, he yanks you up out of that miry pit of sin and will absolutely save you. That's how that works. Salvation is a matter of belief. Number two, salvation is a matter of birth. Of birth. Now, I don't mean simply your physical birth. I mean, I'm not trying to say like Alex and Julianne are automatically Christians because they're born into our family and Dina and I are already Christians. That's not, that's not what I mean. It doesn't work that way. I'm not talking about your physical birth. I'm talking about the new birth. Nicodemus, religious leader, comes to Jesus to find out what eternal life is all about. 
Jesus said to him, Nicodemus, you must be born again. He didn't say being born again was a good idea. He didn't say being born again was something that we might ought to consider. He said you must be born again. In fact, you were there in verse number 1 just a moment ago. Look at it again. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is what? He is born of God. He is born of God. That's where our life comes from. That's where our new life comes from. So go back to your verse that we read there, verse number 11. He says there, this life, this life, is in his son. It's his life that I have. His life that I need. It is that new birth that I need to have. We had a young man that was here several years ago who said to me, I mean, I'm a Christian. I'm just not a born-again Christian. Well, big news, you ain't a Christian. Being a Christian doesn't mean being being one in name. Being a Christian means to be born again. It means to have life in Jesus. It's a matter of birth. Number three, salvation is a matter of belonging. It's a matter of belonging. It's about more than simply knowing or even being able to recite a plan of salvation. It's about genuinely knowing the man of salvation. It's about knowing and being in relationship with Jesus Christ. Look, if you will, in verse number 12. He says this, He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Listen, the distinctive mark of being a Christian is not a cross around your neck. It's not a Jesus fish on your car. It's not found in any of those artificial symbols. Being a Christian is being in a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. He who has the Son has eternal life. It's about belonging. Number four, salvation is a matter of Abiding, abiding. I mean, some folks just want to say, all you got to do is say prayer. You just say a prayer and then maybe, you know, maybe get baptized. And then, you, then man, you're good to go. <laughs> prayer has never been a magic formula. A sinner's prayer is not a magic formula. You don't just automatically say the words and then poof, it happens. You don't simply say the words or maybe get the words a little off or, and, then, and then wonder if maybe you did it exactly right. It's not about that, is it? It's about believing and then abiding. Look, if you will, there in verse number 13. When we quote verse number 13, we generally go, generally go as far as I went when I read it to you earlier today. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. But there's more in there. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God, 
So it's not just about walking down an aisle. It's not about getting baptized. It's not about saying a prayer. It's not about that one-time thing. It's about believing, and it is about continuing to believe. Let me ask you this. How many of you that have asked Jesus into your heart already, you know exactly where you were when you asked him? How many of you know exactly when it happened? You know the date. You may even know the time. There are a number of people who say you have to know that. If you don't know the date, you don't know the time, you don't know the place, then it must not have been real. Then that's news to me. Because number one, the Bible said, doesn't never does say that you have to know those things. And number two, I could just tell you anecdotally, I don't know those things. I know about when. I know it was in August. I know it was 1983. I know it was somewhere in the woods up in North Georgia. But there is no way that I could take you to the spot. There is no way that I could circle a date on a calendar. And yet I'm telling you that I know that I know that I belong to Jesus. Tim, how do you know that? Because not only did I believe, I continue to believe. What a great message of redeeming love from Pastor Tim. We hope that you know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord and that God has redeeming love for each of us. Pastor Tim would love to connect with you. That address is church office at BrittDavid.org. Britt David is located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Join us again for part two of the message, How to Be Saved and Know That You Know right here on Brit David Podcast.